Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Melissa Hyak. And every week, our colleagues from the Straits Times talk us through the biggest headline coming out of Singapore for the week. When the last two weeks of December, nearly 470 OCBC customers fell victim to phishing scams that saw a total of $8.5 million stolen from their bank accounts. It's been a talk of the town for the past few days. Mm. Now, while there have been many instances of phishing scams in Singapore, this latest incident has has proven to be particularly devious. That, given the methods used and speed at which the scammers were able to transfer funds out of the victims' accounts. To tell us more about it is Dominic Lowe, journalist at The Straits Times. He wrote a recent article about this recent spate of phishing scams that we've seen here in Singapore and what consumers can do to better protect themselves going forward. Dominic, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Melissa. Yes, hi, Dominic. Okay, now on Wednesday, MES and uh, BS also introduced additional security measures uh, that banks here have to implement uh, within the fortnight, right, to counter phishing scams. Um, can you explain how these measures work? Um, I think we're talking about things like uh, removing clickable links in SMSs, uh, a delay to FA activation, etc. Different measures work to fulfill different objectives. So some help to reduce the chance of customers falling for the scam. So, for example, the removal of clickable links in emails or SMSs. What they do is that they prevent the possibility of customers actually clicking on a scam link in a, in a fake SMS, you know, one that's sent by the scammers. Another measure would be like more frequent scam education alerts. So mm-hmm. this actually targets the customers, it, it educates them, it reduces the possibility of actually falling for a possible fake SMS or phishing scam. But some other measures actually help customers become aware that the bank accounts are being compromised. So, for example, one of the measures is that a customer will be notified if at least $100 is transferred for his or her account. So, of course, the, the limit, the amount can be, you know, it can be tweaked either way, but uh, the default is at least $100. So, all this, along with um, sending up a notification, notification to a customer's existing mobile number or email that's registered with the bank whenever there's a, re- there's a request to change contact details. So all this actually, you know, if the customers, uh, if the scammers actually do aware, uh, do actually take over a bank account, then the customers uh, are more or less notified and they can actually notify the bank to stop. Okay, uh, but know, even, Dominic, even if you get notified, what are the chances that you're going to get your money back? I know in the case of OCBC that they are reimbursing um, those that were affected by this scam with uh, the money that they've lost. But from a cybersecurity perspective, I mean, this this kind of incident is becoming more frequent. So what should clients and consumers do or customers do to safeguard themselves? I mean, regardless of these measures that are being put in place, I mean, the fact is that this is probably going to happen to you at one point or another, right? Yes. And I guess at this point in time for consumers and customers, uh, they, they should actually be more cautious when, when acting on transactions involving money. They should always take a step back mentally and verify if the notification or transaction is, is authentic. Uh, despite whether it seems urgent or serious, because some of the victims that we spoke to actually said that, uh, you know, the, 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 the fake SMS actually uh, looked, it was describing a very urgent transaction uh, that was made, like the account was going to be locked out and so on and so forth. Right. And so they should actually just take a step back and, you know, think for themselves, don't act really on their mm-hmm. feelings, don't be 
still be anxious. Yeah, what I found to be quite helpful, actually, uh, would be the occasional um, messages, right, that the bank sent out to say, look, we'll never ever send you a link to click on. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I think the government agencies also do the same to say, look, we'll never ever ask for your IC number um, and your password or your passcode, uh, your PIN number. So knowing how banks behave, uh, for example, in day-to-day transactions, you know, it's also helpful. That's right. But also, I'm, I'm curious, do we know whether or not any kind of task force is being set up between the banks and the ministries to help combat this? So for now, based on what the MAS and ABS have uh, the statement on Wednesday, they are working with, they're getting the banks to work with them and the, and the police to actually implement more permanent solutions that will help to bolster digital banking security. So one, one example is they're trying to see whether all relevant members of the sector, the banking sector, uh, must register for the, the anti-SMS spoofing registry, the one that actually helps uh, the organizations enable mm-hmm. them to actually protect certain sender, SMS sender IDs uh, that they do want to protect. So how it works is that if there are, if there are certain, if there any unauthorized party actually tries to send SMSs using these sender IDs that are registered, so, you know, let's say, for example, OCBC actually registers with the registry and some other unauthorized party tries to use the OCBC name to send SMSs, these will be flagged and blocked on uh, mobile operator networks here. Such scams, right, are not new, actually. Why do you think that this particular case has ignited such a reaction from everybody? I believe that it's the scale of the amount lost and the victims themselves. Is this the largest um, in, in, in recent history? I, I believe it's the largest um, okay. in recent history that is lost in uh, via phishing scams. So, so they and it targeted one bank, and you know the victims' accounts have said that you know some victims have actually have their entire savings um, lost mm, by mm, this that way. Isn't, yes, and I, I think we again have to emphasize that what OCBC did uh, in terms of that goodwill payment is, as the name suggests, it's a goodwill reimbursement. So uh, consumers out there cannot be expecting that you know OCBC or other banks, for that matter, will be doing the same you know in future if if a scam were to take place again. And I think no matter how large the amount, there is no guarantee that the same kind of goodwill will be extended again. Yes, indeed. There's no, there's no guarantee indeed that uh, this will actually be a precedent that is set by OCBC that all banks will follow. Again, yes, the emphasis is on the word goodwill. Dominic, you mentioned earlier that you'd spoken to a couple of victims earlier this week. How have they reacted to the way the banks handled the saga? We have also spoken to more victims as the week went along. And those that, some of them have actually received their goodwill payment when we spoke to them, and some have not at this point in time. So the majority opinion is that you know, the bank could have prevented the scammers from proceeding further with the fraud if their customer service channels were better manned or structured because they were complaining that they waited over 15 to 20 minutes before they could actually get a human customer service officer on the hotline. And some of them were also feeling quite anxious before OCBC's announcement that it will be making full goodwill payments to all victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once the, the announcement came, most of them were actually happy and relieved that they were actually covering their losses. Mm-hmm. And of course, most of them were still banned with OCBC. Mm-hmm. And please refresh my memory. I, I remember that um, large amounts were taken in batches, right? And, and these yes. withdrawals from illegal withdrawals uh, from, from these accounts, it took place over, um, was it with over an, uh, one hour? Like in terms of the, the duration, how long did it take? So 
I believe, uh, based on our, uh, what the victims, uh, we spoke to the victims about in their accounts, it really differs from uh, victim to victim, but largely in, it could range from uh, just a matter of minutes to, to even mm. maybe about half an hour. You know, it could mm. be multiple mm. transactions, it could mm. be a single transaction, the amounts vary. Mm. Uh, victims lost, they could have lost, you know, a small amount of 5,000 to 250,000. Yeah, so that immediate attention from, from the banks, um, you know, would be paramount. Indeed. Okay, Dominic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and for sharing all your insights into the conversations that you've had with the banks, experts, and those that fell victim to the phishing scams. You listen to Money FM 89.3. We've been speaking with Dominic Lowe, journalist at The Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.